Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the City of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. So that book he's he's talking about was a gift from my daughter uh, years ago. And uh, I'm not much of a reader, so I'm hoping you guys use this, but it's only one day devotional every day, but it's impacted my life a lot. And my daughter, Skylar, uh, was going to church up in Santa Barbara, and she, uh, her pastors used it. Their whole staff used it and did the devotions. But if you know me, I'm not a big book reader. Once in a while, I can get through a book. But this is an awesome thing about um, Scripture and but it tells you in a different way of stories, which is, was a lot easier for me to understand. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Well, I want to tell you, my uh, this journey, when Sean asked me to do this, I, first I thought it was a joke. Um, and uh, I go, yeah, right, yeah, you want me to speak. Why? Because um, I'm not a, like I said, I'm not a pastor, I'm just a dad. And uh, I love the Lord, and, and he said, I really want you to share. Well, I thought about the message today, and I've been praying to God. I go, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? And I didn't want to just talk about being a father. I want to talk about our father in heaven and what he's done for me and, and what my path of life has gone down to on this way. Um, a little bit about myself, I became a Christian when I was 18 years old, um, was led to the Lord uh, at a Greg Laurie concert, 1977, at 18 years old, I was not brought up in a Christian home, and um, so I started going to a Baptist church, the church was very legalistic, you had to be, they set these little things all the time telling you how to be a Christian, you had to do this, you had to come up and kneeled before the altar all the time to ask for forgiveness. It was, it was a time um, I spent 13 years there. I met my beautiful wife there, and, uh, but I knew there was much more what the Lord was going to teach me. And it's not being a Christian about the do's and don'ts and the heavy burden of always failing and going to God and asking for repentance. So the Lord put this on my heart to write a letter to my young self, myself in my mature age, which is debatable if I ever became mature, <laughs> but, and my older self in the future. So the Lord has asked me to uh, write these letters and encourage, hopefully, you guys and um, what he's taught me and what he's shown me. And I wish I would have known some stuff when I was a lot younger and I learned later in life about. So, so let's talk about the young Michael growing up and becoming a Christian. And Dear Michael, are you ready for this roller coaster of a ride for your life? 
It's going to it's going to be going fast and hard. You need to hold on tight. There's going to be curves. There's going to be ups and downs in your life. It's going to, you're going to get sideways. It's going to spin you around. But I want you to hold on to something. I want you to hold on to something. I'm going to give you a verse. And I want you to understand why I'm giving you this verse. God makes grace abound. To us, so we will be equipped for every good work. God's grace gives us the tools we need to preach the gospel and to speak about the hope we have in Christ. In that verse, it talks about God's grace being abound, plentiful, a ton of it. Thank goodness, because I need it, because I blow it all the time. I don't know about you, but there's, you know, life struggles every day. There's, there's temptations, there's struggles. I get upset, you know, I'm always in my head too much. But God says he will equip me for every good work, every good thing. So I knew as a Christian that I needed to depend on him daily. Then, you know, I'm going to this church, it's a Baptist church, like I said, and then grace is, um, they throw out these words, and I used to be a new Christian at 18 years old, I go, I don't, I don't even know what that, okay, grace. And they go, yeah, Mike, it's God's righteousness at Christ's expense. Okay, okay, God's righteousness at Christ's expense. Okay, God gave me his son. Yes, 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 okay. But I really needed to bring it down to me. You're going to see that a lot with me on this stuff. I had to bring it down to my level to really grasp what grace was to me. How do I use that? Everyone says worship Worship God in grace. How do I do that? I didn't know. It was never like really taught to me till later in life. And what does grace actually mean? To me, you, you road scholars that have been to Bible schools and stuff, I'm not that way. I've only had the road of hard knocks. So this is going to be my interpretation of a lot of things. So hope you can bear with me. So grace. What does it mean? It means unconditional love. It means it rescues me, you know, from myself and from the world. And it connects us to God through his son. We need to stop looking at the world for our comfort and our identity. Why is this so important? Well, this is when I learned about being a child of God our identity, not people labeling me of who I am and what I am. I was a very shy kid in school. Um, I was a hundred, I wait, I graduated, I was a small kid, 123 pounds, I graduated as a senior. I um, didn't have very many friends in high school. You know, like I said, I became a Christian at 18, started going to this church, started meeting some people and stuff. And I really connected with the Lord's love for me. And the thing was is that when he told me I'm his child, it resonated with me. You know, it's just like my kids. They're a husk. They're always going to be a husk. No matter with their married names or anything, they're still going to be a husk. But me being a child of God and like you being a child of God, we're always going to be his child. And why is that important? Because that's the way we should identify ourselves first. Never that we're a mistake, never that maybe I'm an alcoholic, maybe I'm 
I label myself, I'm a bad person and stuff. We never put that label on ourselves. We always put that we are a child of God first. And that the biggest thing is that we are accepted no matter what. His unconditional love helps us through anything. We, we're accepted no matter what. We can't do anything to make him turn his back on us and walk away from us. And that was a, a good thing for me because at the other church I went to, like I said, there was things about you need to read your Bible every day, you need to do, go to church every Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night we went out for visitation. There was just all these rules back to back to back to back. And if I missed it, oh my gosh, I felt guilty. It was craziness. But it did, there was a lot of good that came out of it and a lot of stuff that kind of shaped me into the man I am today. But I realized... You know what? I'm a hypocrite. And also, I'm going to blow it. We're all hypocrites. We all blow it. But God still loves us no matter what. There's no perfect church out there. There's no perfect pastor out there. There's, um, we all struggle. Sean, Brenton, I used to look at pastors always in a different light. Wow, man, they got it good. They they get to worship God all week long. They can stay in the Bible. I'm, I'm running my head cut off at work. I don't have time to get in the Bible. I don't got time to do this. These guys who go out on mission trips, why can't I be more like them? They've got their acts. They've got it together. I wish I was just like them. I had this lady come up to me, and we were sitting there talking about that. And I go, man, maybe I should go on the mission field. Maybe I'll get my life straightened out better. And he goes, Mike, you are in a mission field. We all are. Every day. Our neighbors, work, home, every place we go. You are on the mission field now. Oh, good perspective. I like that. He goes, you don't have to go miles and miles away to do this. God can use you now. I go, yeah, but I don't know the Bible. God never said that you have to know the Bible Scriptures inside and out, he will speak through you. He will use you. Okay. And it was a thing of learning how to surrender and not be scared of myself to go out and witness to people. I became a, a defender of the faith. Uh, um, I had someone get me involved with the Trinity, understanding the Trinity, and cults and stuff. And I started going to all these classes and stuff. And then, um, but and then I would realize, I go, how do I know I'm not in a cult? So I, I really like challenged myself. I, go, I don't know, I've been going to this church all along. How do I know? So that, that's the biggest thing about all of us. I hope you always challenge what your pastor says or anybody says, me, what, even what I'm going to say today. You have to do your own research and dig deep because you don't know what, where it's coming from. And so, in that time, it did teach me a lot about, you know, studying and relying on God's wisdom and stuff. But I do always realize that I am weak, what the scripture says, yet he is strong. I know that he can use me, but I have to surrender all the time and deny myself through it. You know, um... 
like I was telling you, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed in school. I, um, all my kids are graduated from college. Um, my wife has graduated from college. I struggled in school. I just was not the student. I mean, I barely got, I think I was mostly, when my mom showed me my report card, it was like, I, I, in my vision, I thought I was like a BA student, but it was more like a DC student. And it was crazy. I go, wow. I didn't realize that, but I'm a procrastinator, and that's my problem. I waited till last night to get this thing together. I meant, I stressed myself out. And it's because I kept on going, God, you're going to tell me what you're, you want me to say today. I got to know what to say. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And so I go, I got all this time to get it done. I'm going to get it done. What do I do? I get a flat tire late in the afternoon. I'm stuck on the side of the road for a couple of hours, and all I keep thinking is, oh, my goodness, I haven't even started yet. This is craziness. So I kept on, I get home, I work late at night last night, and then God in the middle of the night changes my whole line of thinking and changes everything. So I wanted to be open to what he wanted to say today. And this verse has always been, meant a lot to me. At my desk, at my office, I've had this verse next to me. And it says in James Chapter 1, verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. I just, I just love that verse because I've been in so many situations. I don't know what to do. My problem is I don't use it all the time. I don't call upon him to ask for wisdom in every situation I'm in. Only the ones that I'm really stressed at, I'm going to go to them. In the little things, I don't ask them. The things to deal with my family, all these little things. I was born in the 50s. You know, I'm 62 years old. I still don't do it. It's something that I struggle with all the time of going to God and quit relying on my own power. And I need to call upon him and surrender. I have this little illustration that I just love to death about. Is, is, um, it was about a book that, believe it or not, I read a book. It was called uh, Classic Christianity by Bob George. And this is when I got... In kind of an introduction to grace, what grace was all about in my life. And it was um, about God being in a pickup truck, driving down the street, and me, as an example, I'm hitchhiking. I got my hand out, I got my backpack on, and I'm, I'm looking for a ride, and God comes up, and he stops. Need a ride? And I go, yes, I do. You're, you're my Savior, please help me. So I jump in the back of the truck. And I'm riding with him, and he looks back at me. He goes, why don't you take your backpack off? And I go, now nah, I got this. I mean, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. And he goes, no, seriously, it'll be a lot easier on you. You know, you'll be more, you'll be more restful, and you'll be more comfortable. No, no, I, I, got, I got this. I got this. What's in your backpack? Ah, it's things that I kind of um, control. I, I need to, I guess. I just need these things in my backpack. Like what? Well, there, a lot of these stuff is my burdens, my, the stuff I stress about, work, finances, relationships, everything. He goes, I got you. Aren't you tired of that? Aren't you tired of caring? He goes, you've, you've jumped on board with me. You've said you're a Christian. You, you come on board with me. 
but you still hold on to things. Why? You need to let go. You need to just take that backpack off and let it in the back of the pickup and rest in me. Let me take care of you. You say you love me. Let me prove it. And I love that analogy. That we just still hold on to stuff when we walk in with our Savior. We still don't give him everything. And we struggle. And God keeps these there. He goes, let me help you. Let me carry you. You know, um, I learned a long time ago, you know, you don't have to be a Christian to go to church. You don't have to be a Christian to pray. You don't have to, you know, all these do's and don'ts I had to wash out of my head and stuff. But I do know there's good advice that people have given me over the years. And I realized getting into a Bible study. I've been in a men's Bible study for 15 years. And what I've learned the biggest thing about getting a Bible study, and I want to encourage you to get into one, I've been in couples, I've been in men's and stuff like that, but I found out all us men struggle the same way. We all struggle. We all, we, I, I used to sit there and think, I must be the only one, that, you know, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with that. But I realized in the Bible studies, it, it really was an encouragement to me. And I'm glad that I forced myself to go to that and make a commitment to that. And do you have to go? No. Is it good? Is it healthy? Yes. Church, I don't know, I've used some excuses, oh, you know, football to, you know, I got better things to go do. Why do I go to church? You know what? Maybe you're there that God can use you there to help somebody else, or maybe you're there so God can speak to you. I remember this uh, pastor said something to me, he was, uh, he goes, are you coming Sunday? I go, no, no, you got that missionary, you got those missionary uh, coming um, from overseas. And he, I go, I go, they're pretty boring. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I, I go, they're just boring. I, I can't stand it. I go, I might as well just stay home and sleep. And he, he looks at me and he goes, so you're telling me that God couldn't speak through that man? I go, I guess I am saying that that's pretty wrong of me, right? So guess what I did? I went to those boring missionary. So <laughs> then I went to another church, and the missionaries were awesome. So, so I'm hoping that, uh, you know, this is a way of learning about grace, about my, my Lord's unfailing love and commitment to me that he doesn't give up on to me. So my second letter to my so-called mature play, mature person. Dear Playa, <laughs> you're right in the middle of your career, and you have teenage kids. Hold on. No, really hold on. You think you know better by now, but you don't. I want you to continue with drawing close to God through His grace. I would like you to get rid of something for me, though. I want you to get rid of your pride and the respect you think you deserve. I want you to learn about God's mercy. 
Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. What does mercy mean? It means forgiveness. Letting things go. God's mercy to us is the motivation for showing mercy to others. Just remember, you will never be asked to forgive someone else where how much God has forgiven you. And that's by um, Rick Warren. How many times have we been forgiven? Just once. Past, present, and future sins. Is he surprised? Never. That we do sin but he wants us to come and share with him and confess that we need him. Okay, I'm ready to tell you something, Mike. Are you ready for this? This is where your life is going to be, where God's going to convict you the most. It's about your kids. It's about people that you meet in relationships. I want to ask you just a couple little questions. So do you treat your kids like how I treat you? Do you treat other people like how I treat you? Do you let things go? Do, do you forgive me? Do you, let, do you show forgiveness to your kids? Are you too hard on them? Am I hard on you? Do I show you my love? How are you to people, to strangers, when they annoy you? when they disrespect you, when they cut you off in traffic? Are you giving them Jesus right then and there? How are you doing with that? Well, I go, not good. My kids will be the first one to, you know, stand up. They're here today, 28, 27, 24 this year. I overreacted to everything. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, I was just all caught up. I'd come home and just get all sideways sometimes. they just look at this crazed man getting all upset. I mean, I don't know how many times my wife had to tell me, you can't put him on timeout for six months, Mike. I, oh, okay, okay. I would not let the, you know, I was brought up, my dad would grab me and take the belt to me, you know. So it was a different way how I was trained, so I would get upset and mad, but stupid that a big guy over a little kid, I'm screaming at him. Stupid, and I regret it to this day. So, I need to let things go. I don't, don't get caught up in the drama of the world. God's got, got this. In the big picture, it's about the love and the relationship. You know, we, uh, my kids, we started some traditions in our our family and stuff, and one of the things was, uh, and some people will know this, is that we used to deliver donuts to families on uh, Christmas Eve uh, for like 10 years or more. But they don't know, behind the story is that I'd get up early and I'd go down to Krispy Kreme, get the donuts, get 25 dozen donuts. They would choose their friends whose houses we'd go to and, and write on the boxes. I always wanted to say, happy, G- happy birthday, Jesus. I wanted to be a little small uh, 
uh, witness and also a bonding time with the kids. But the kids are going to have to admit this. Whew, it was a battle in the car. We would get there. I'm thinking, this is such a great idea. And we get there. I, I wake them up at 6 in the morning because it's going to take three hours to deliver all these things. And they're grumpy and they don't want to write. And it was the fight was they didn't mind delivering their donuts to their friends. Well, dad had some friends, but dad was driving, so I would ask him, hey, you go take that up to the door to my friend. No. And the other one go, no, no. And I, oh my goodness, it was just a fight all every, but we always said we want to do the next year. But in the big picture of the thing, we did, it was a great bonding moment, a great witness. It was an awesome time. It's something that we'll never forget, but it was, it was, a, it was a great time. Um, I love my kids. I'm blessed by my kids. Um, I, I can't believe they turned out so well, even in spite of me. Well, people, how I treat people. Um, man, don't talk politics with me. And really, God convicted me doing this message. Stop. Get over it. Jeez, who cares? It's just so dumb. I mean, letting things get caught up in relationships over politics is just stupid. And um, it's something that I need to just forget, forgive, move on. I don't, so what? That's just your opinion. It's my, it's my opinion. We were talking, uh, uh, Karen and I were talking about that. With the, um, we, we met a guy who said one thing I'll say real quick was, your opinion doesn't matter. He was a preacher who said that. And we go, and what was cool about it to me was, he's right. It's what God's opinion is. It's not what I think and what I think I know. It's never about me. It's about what God thinks. So, um, so we just need to get rid of being so demanding and entitled. And we need just to love people in Jesus. The third letter, and the last, puts you guys out of your misery. Dear hot mess, take a breath and calm down. I need you to listen. No, really listen. Set aside what you think you know and be quiet. I want you in your later years to stop being so opinionated. I want you to be humble. I want you to stay small and not be a big force of hot wind. I have a couple of verses for you. Proverbs 17:27. A truly wise person uses few words. Proverbs 3:7. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. We think we need to tell everybody what we think. I want you to lead by listening. To be a good leader, you have to be a good listener. God speaks to those who take time to listen, and he listens to those who take time to pray. I love this quote. Prayer at its highest is a two-way conversation, and for me, the most important part is to listening to God's response. 
fun fact here, think, of, think about this. Listen and the word silent are the same letters. We talk too much. I just need to get out of sharing my opinions and my experiences when I'm listening to someone else. I want you to listen to the needs of people and give them God's grace and mercy in which he has given to you abundantly. I want you to be my conduit to help people. It's not about you. I want you to serve in the right way. You're in the older lives. You don't have to be telling your kids what to do anymore. And people, it doesn't matter. I want you to listen. And you know what you're going to find out? You're going to see where their heart is and where their needs are, and you can serve them better. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, thank you for this time, Lord. Thank you for your word. Lord, most of all, thank you for your grace and mercy. It's humbling to think that you accept me, accept all of us, no matter what we do. You're an awesome God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at RefugeChurchOC. We hope to see you again soon.